LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Such a good mood this morning. Such a good mood. Yesterday was so bad. Well, it was only bad because of the weather. And it was terrible. And it stayed like that throughout the entire blooming day. I was so cross. I wanted to go down and pick up some more chocolates. Uh, having uh, having passed on six boxes of chocolates out of the boot of my car the other day. Very nice chocolates they are too. Belgian chocolates. And so I've got to replenish stock. So I was going to go to Costco yesterday. And I looked at the weather... And the fog came in, then they cancelled all the flights at Heathrow, then they cancelled the flights at the city airport, and then people were saying, don't go out and drive unless it's absolutely necessary, so I didn't. And the fog remained all day. But I did buy, you remember I was trying to get hold of net lights. Lights, little Christmas lights that are on a net. So it arrived the other day, it's brilliant, and I've got a water feature, which is dry at the moment, quite clearly, because there's ice all over the cars everywhere today. So be very careful. Still foggy and misty. Still lots of ice everywhere. And so I bought the net lights and I thought, how am I going to fix them to the water feature? So I draped them over it and it just didn't look right. I thought, oh dear. I know what I need. I need some clamps. You know, some like clamps, like bulldog clips. Where the dickens do you buy those? Poundland. I go to Poundland, they do four little ones for a pound and two big ones for a pound. So I bought three lots, cost me three quid, and um, and I've clipped it to the side of the water feature. It's perfect. It could not be better. And I thought, I knew there was a reason for Poundland. John Terry went shopping there the other day. Came as no surprise to me. He's looking at his family. That's just the sort of place that John Terry would go and do his shopping. Thank you, incidentally, for all the Christmas cards. Opening Christmas cards all the time. That's a nice one, isn't it? Oh, God, it's from the blasted producer. How embarrassing. He says, Dear Steve, Mary... It's all written in, in crayon. It's all slightly worrying. He says, I know that you may not concur, but I've really enjoyed... This. See, this is, this is what I have to put up with, ladies and gentlemen. This is the kind of thing... This is why the police are on alert, OK, for this. He said, but I've really enjoyed the past year working with you. He said, i.e. me watching and pushing a few buttons. Because it's not, it's not like working. It's not, I mean, I don't consider this job work. He doesn't consider it work at all. I think, I think it's work with sort of Duncan, because you've got to get all the bits and pieces. But on this, this part of the programme, this is where basically, you know, if you didn't have to watch for the legal side of it, you could put your feet up and close your eyes. But he says, I hope you've enjoyed it too. No, I haven't. And uh, so that's... So, again, I'm, I'm marking this as, as we go through. He says, that's right, I, I bought him for Christmas... I opened his Christmas presents yesterday because I work on the assumption that uh, he, he got a bottle of port yesterday. You've not opened it. Have you drunk it? You haven't drunk it yet, have you? No. You should save it for another... It's a 30-year-old port. It's very nice. It's Taylor's port. And, and I got him Historic Royal Palace's membership because he's, he's read up about, you know, well, the Janet and John books about the Tudors. And so he's caught up with what went on. So I thought we might as well send him round to all historic places and you get a discount. So it's really good value, that one. And I gave him a little bit of cash because he's away on holiday today. Well, I say he's away on holiday. He's only going to get as far as customs uh, because uh, I've had a quick word with friends of mine up there. And he says, thank you for making the overnights a nicer time to work. Now, this is borderline relationship as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah, woo, 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 big up on that one. He says, hopefully see you next year. 
Well, if you make it back from Malaysia. I love it. Did you just insert that in when I was... I thought you might have. Because I remember going through the cards. I picked up all the Christmas cards from my pigeonhole. And this this card didn't have anything on it. It just had Steve Allen, LBC Radio, WC2H7LA. But no stamp. And I thought, no, I'd have noticed a card without a stamp on it. And it's obviously part of a box set uh, for Waitrose. He's a Because wa- he's been in Waitrose. He said to me the other day, he said, I, I, I used to work in Waitrose. He didn't. He used to shoplift in Waitrose. It's not quite the same thing at all. And so this, this is very useful because this card, some of the money donated goes to prostate cancer, which is fantastic. Thank you so much. And Food Bank, Marine something. Do you know my eyesight's getting worse? Marine something. I don't know what it is. Is it Marine Conservation or something, do you think? And the other one is the, uh, the Prince's Trust and Mix which is a paper recycling company. <laughs> very sweet, dear. Very sweet. Lovely. Thank you. I shall save that as evidence. And <laughs> No, because when you stand up in court, it's best, isn't it, that you've actually got the thing in front of you. That's a nice one. This feels a bit, a bit posh as cards go. Wait a minute, just do this. Because I was, I was intrigued. What the dickens is it? From Earth. Is this card? This is a very odd one, isn't it? It's a very strange one. Oh, it's Esperanto Book Day. Esperanto Book Day. The date coincides with the anniversary of the birth of Ludovic Zamenhof, who published the book that launched the international language. So there you go. Have you ever spoken Esperanto? No? Probably not. We'll save that for a little bit later. Anyway, uh, what else have we got this morning? Oh, I love the story in the paper of the guy who's behind Obama doing what they thought was sign language, and it turns out he's doing nothing of this kind. He's not doing anything. He's mad as a broomstick. He's there. Uh... Is it... Whose house got burgled? Didn't the Archbishop's house get burgled while he was over there? Desmond Tutu's house... Can you imagine? It was a lowlife. He's doing something for Nelson Mandela and some lowlife goes and burgles his house. God, I tell you. really want to live there. It hasn't improved, has it, at all? Mind you, the the, the thing the other day, and I I have to agree with her, even though we all laughed unmercilessly at her, poor old Michelle Obama, who was looking daggers at, at her husband as he was messing around you know, having these pictures taken. And I thought the reason she's not happy, it's nothing to do with him messing around with this other blonde, attractive woman who's quite clearly very flirtatious. It's nothing to do with that. It's the fact you're at a funeral. It's the fact you're there as a tribute. You're there, you're supposed to be concentrating on what people are talking about. Not messing about, you know, having pictures taken to stick up on the internet. So that was why she was angry, I suspect. That was why she was, she was not a happy bunny. At all. Uh, I did see Heston Blumenthal yesterday. He was in with Nick Ferrari, which was fantastic. He looks very well. He remembered me, of course, as we are um, old friends. That's like the title, title of a song, doesn't it? And what else have we got? Peter Andre's pregnant girlfriend. Yes, and she loves it. Apparently they're doing... What did I see the other day? They were doing, oh, a, a ghastly Peter Andre Christmas programme, which quite clearly must have been filmed already. Because they were showing you clips from it. His, his life is boring enough as it is. Without dragging out the dreary girlfriend, his equally boring children, I'm afraid, who love the limelight. And Pete, just looking like the last turkey in the shop. Bit of a shame, really. Mirror the other day had their special awards. And they had all the good and the great there. Well, I say the good and the great. They had a load of people who just just departed from the jungle. And so they were all, they were all out having their pictures taken, including that Amy... What's her name, woman? The, uh, what was her name? Willerton. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what she was doing there. Your five minutes is over, love. You've been out of the jungle. Go away. Goodbye. And uh, ditch Sam for here's. That's the ugly bird in the Only Wears Essex. Without the makeup on, seriously. Woo! Scary. 
says she's still pining for Joey Essex. Uh, darling, go away. Go away now. Go away. Terribly, terribly dreary. You've had your five minutes of fame. Nobody's interested in you. OK, you're, you're, you're not a particularly pleasant person. We've seen the arguments on the programme. And uh, Joey Essex, as I say, I don't think he goes out with girls. I think he just wants to hold hands. I just get the feeling that he doesn't really do girls at all. But she's opened her heart. Don't make up the jokes by yourself, OK? Otherwise you get into dreadful trouble on this programme. Anyway, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. <coughs> a lot of people, I know that uh, Nick, um, sorry Nick, um, Duncan was talking about prostitutes, working girls. They're always called girls, aren't they? And some of them are quite ancient. And they're out there sort of plying their living. I always thought it, a friend of mine used to live above a prostitute in Soho. He used to have a flat there. And she entertained clients who wanted to be, let's just call it, pushed around a bit. It was all a bit, uh, all a bit, ta- yeah, so there was, was a lot of sort of smacking. And she had one client who wanted to dress up as a chicken. I know, p- people are very odd nowadays. Makes your own life seem quite normal, I suppose. Well, depending on whether or not you are that person who dressed up as a chicken listening to this programme at the moment. And uh, she had another man who wanted to be put into a sack and just pushed around the room. But because she wasn't strong enough, she'd call down this friend of mine who'd just come and roll him around the room. Very odd, isn't it? The things that people are into nowadays. But I suppose they're there to serve a need. They, they, they call it the world's oldest profession. It's not mentioned in the Bible, though, is it? Oh, I suppose, oh, no, no, I think it actually is, isn't it? I think it is. I think it is mentioned in the Bible. I was asking, actually, somebody here earlier on, I said, have you ever paid the S-E-X? And he said, no. He said, but somebody had offered him money. I said, and you turned it down? He said, yes. He said, I said, why don't we just go out for dinner? Oh, I thought, well, that's, that's, that's the same thing, isn't it? It's the same thing. You're accepting a gift. If somebody gives you a gift at the end, that's the same. It's, it's called prostitution. Prostitution doesn't mean sex. Prostitution means you've prostituted yourself. You, you've done something for somebody and they have rewarded you, either with a, a box of chocolates or a bottle of champagne. A friend of mine went out and he was sitting in a bar in London and he was drinking champagne. He was waiting with some friends and somebody came over and said, that's my favourite champagne. And so this friend of mine who'd... <coughs> drunk most of it, said, I'll buy you a bottle. So he bought a bottle of champagne. This other bit, just on the strength of it. I thought, blimey, it's that easy to get drinks out of people in London. This is the same person who was mugged, you remember. Marched to the cash... Well, not marched to the cash point, sort of slowly sidled over to the cash point with these people. And he took money out, because it goes on all the time in London. All the time. It's very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. You have to have your wits about you. Um. Who's this? Cameron's flirty blonde and the selfie backlash. I told you there would be. Um, the story that we did... <coughs> excuse me. A little bit of tickly cough this morning. Um, the ex-Spice Girl. Yes. Poor old Mel B. Not the brightest penny in the box. She's spending Christmas with a Rwandan president who's accused of war crimes. Fantastic. As we said yesterday, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, as I say, they don't come any more stupid, do they? So here she is. Um, also inside, Kate... Uh, wearing glasses. Thank you, Poppy. Looks de- I, d- I did drink that Barocca yesterday, you know. You're right. Makes your wee go funny colour. It's not normal, is it? It's not normal at all. Is it supposed to do that, or is it just the reaction that we have to people? One in four people claiming sickness benefits are fit to work. Don't need to tell me that. I can, uh, I can well imagine that that's the case. Lots of people who, uh who sort of say, oh, I can't work, and then it turns out they can. Just take away the benefits, claim it all back from them, get them into court, sort it out. Fury over the fake sign language interpreter. Uh, he's a fraud. I don't know what he was doing there. 
South Africa's Deaf Federation said his efforts made a mockery of South African sign language and disgraced the interpreting profession. He was basically gesturing. He didn't follow any of the grammatical rules and structure of the language. He invented his signs as he went along. He was an idiot. What was he doing there? Who is he? Major embarrassment for everybody. He was actually standing there next to the president, making up rubbish. I mean, quite clearly he's not all there in the brain department, is there? Too many of these loonies out there. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, right, let's get down to... Is this new sign-on or is that old sign-on? That's me, is it? Oh, right. Why would somebody tell me they've been a working lady for years? Oh, right, Jane, I'm on the wrong... Am I on the wrong screen? That's why. <laughs> I wonder why we're still, still continuing the... Uh, come on, James. Come on. Come on. Come, 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 come. Come sort out screens. I don't know what screen we've got here. I've got no idea. Come along, come along. Don't be putting your coat on thinking you're going home. You're not. Come on. This is odd socks, boy, OK? Just about what? Come on. Come on. Is that right? Mm-hmm. OK. Oh, right, thank you. Oh, great. Lovely. Why have you got your coat on? Do you think you're going? <laughs> you're not. <laughs> uh, Derek says, Are you thrilled to know the jewellery channel is now 24 hours a day? Have you still got the nice nails? We still want you as a guest. I have, do you know, my, I, I tell you what I did the other, you know, I've, luckily, after, crikey, <laughs> biting my nails since I was ten years old, never, ever, ever had nails. Always, always bit my nails. My mother used to say to me, and it, it goes back so far, she said, I'll give you a fiver if you stop biting your nails. This is in the day when a fiver was like a lot of money, and it never stopped me biting my nails. Never stopped me, I would literally, the moment I had a nail, I bit it. I bit it. And uh, it went like that. And so I learnt to eat, as anybody who bites their nails can do. I learnt to eat without showing my nails. I can't tell you. It's, a, it's an inbuilt thing. I have to try and correct myself now and make sure that my nails are on display. And so I'm sort of, I'm sort of there and I'm managing to hide my nails. And I remember the first time somebody saw, they said, show me your nails. I went, no, 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 they're really awful. They went, God, you bite your nails. Anyway, then if you remember that fateful time when my bridge fell out before the programme, we spent most of the uh, two and a half hours whistling through our teeth, or what teeth weren't there anymore. And so I then had a new bridge made, the cost of thousands, but it doesn't matter. So we had that done, and because it's a new bridge, even though the dentist has said to me, said, listen, that'll see you for another ten years, I thought, well, that's great, that'll see me out. I've not bitten my nails. And so gradually my nails started actually growing. So then I pulled a little thing for pushing back the cuticles, and now I've become obsessed with it. I've got a thing for taking the dirt from underneath my nails. I get orange sticks. Um, I, don't, I don't buff them or polish them, but I've got a, a little machine. I've got files, so I can file them down. I've actually got nails with white tips at the top. They look like acrylics, but they're not, I mean, they're not that, that exciting. But believe you me, for me and for somebody who's never had nails before, make sure you lose all your teeth, have them put back in again, and you will not bite your nails again. Except the other day I was so excited, because I had a bigger nail, and I was flicking it. And it split. I went, no, no. I, I was always, I was like apoplectic. I've split the nail. So I got back home and I got my little nail clippers out and I took it off very gently and buffed it up and it's okay. But it, it's, it's made me very wary. And I was putting a fungicide on, a nail fungal cream, just to make sure, because if you've bitten your nails for years and years, your nails are much weaker. So you've got to strengthen them up. So I've bought Sally Hansen Harder's nails. I bought, honestly, I have to keep pretending it's from a grandmother or something like that. You go in there, Sally Hansen Harder nails. And then I thought I might treat myself before Christmas to a manicure. I might actually go in for it. It's only like £25. And I thought I might do it. But I'm so pleased to have nails because when I'm watching things like the Jewellery Channel or any of the things where they have to do a close-up of people's nails, 
Some of them are terrible. Some of the boys on there are ter- Aren't they, Derek? Come on. They're absolutely terrible. You know that. They are terrible. And you think, listen, because you're in high, high definition, you should actually... Um, Sorry, I've just been distracted. Christo just sent me a text. He says, I'm having my nails pulled off. He says, listening to you makes me feel like I'm having my nails pulled off. Has he got false nails? got false hair. He might as well have false nails, I suppose. (laughs) You up early in the morning, finishing a shift somewhere? Anyway, so... um, I forgot what I was doing, actually, now. Yeah, so... What was I doing? Oh, yes, so anyway. So you look at some of these people on the jewellery channels and you think, you really must get them manicured. You're earning enough money for this. Some of them have got two or three jobs. They do the roulette and then they do the jewellery and they do other stuff as well. But uh, get them manicured and make sure that you you put um, moisturiser on before you go on screen. I don't want to see all dried up nails. It looks horrible. Look at the time. 20 past four. Morning, everybody. Nick Ferrari with you just after the news at seven this morning after yesterday in Heston Blumenthal. This morning... Nick will be talking about the day that a pay rise for MPs has announced the Deputy Prime Minister back in the hot seat for Call Clegg. 11% they've awarded themselves, 11%. Plus, as Lloyds Bank gets a record fine for pressurising its staff to meet deadlines, Nick will be asking how common is workplace bullying and what happened when a blind pensioner tried to give money to a big issue seller and had her money stolen. This was a story we did a few weeks ago, didn't we? This was the woman. This is the second time this woman had been robbed by the big issue seller. And so she opened her wallet to give him money and he took, he helped himself to £50. But she's been robbed before by him. So that's, that's quite an interesting one. This is, uh, this is Jane Phillips. She has forgiven him, but, uh, but then he did it a second time. Nasty little piece of work. Nasty little piece of work. Look at the papers today. It's Vincent Moss, political editor of the Sunday Mirror. Oldest profession says Ray is begging. Yes, begging. Got any money? Got any money? Ah, sod off. Especially this time of year. I don't give money to anybody. Uh, did you watch The Only Way's Essex last night? Gemma's a nasty piece of work. She was always a horrible piece of work. She's a fat, bloated, nasty piece of work. Really horrible. I've seen her. She's behaved so badly for an old woman who can't even string two words together. But luckily, she's, uh, she's brought out the uh, range of clothing, clothing for fat birds who can't lose weight. And she's one of them. If you remember, we went through the charade with poor, poor Gemma, the woman who, who can't keep a boyfriend. And the reason is she's horrible. She's just not nice. It's like most of them in there. The more you see of them, the more you realise they are the way they are because they're just vile. Sam for here is just a horrible person. Just horrible. The way she's laid into other people and now she's droning on to anybody who'll want to listen to her pathetic little witterings about how I've always loved Joey. Of course you have, dear. It's the only person who's ever given you publicity. You can't generate it by yourself, have you? So you have to do it on somebody else's back. And unfortunately, he's not interested. He's hanging around with that dreary bimbo, Amy Willerton, Chillerton, who turned up to some awards ceremony last night. But as I say, your five minutes is up, love. Goodbye. Off you go. Toddle off. Go and get some work. Don't be so silly. You and your naff father. And a few other people there. I've noticed, actually, that the only way is, uh, the only way is uh, out in the jungle. Didn't invite Sam for his out there. She wasn't invited out. Uh, they didn't make any phone calls to her. She's of no interest to anybody. He doesn't want to know her because he's apparently hanging around with her because this, this Amy bird, because she's good fun to be with. She's certainly much better looking than Sam for here, who just looks like a trowel on tie bit of drag, I'm afraid. Very bad. Poor, poor work, I'm afraid. So Gemma, yep, nasty piece of work, but she's brought out the fat birds range. So for, for really fat people, then you can, you can go and buy that. Even though she did go through the charade of trying to lose weight on the programme, which lasted about two weeks. And we all went, she talks like a five-year-old. Have you heard her talking? She probably can't spell either, but she is like, you know, she is the same, same boring old record, I'm afraid. Hi, Wickham, A40, 50-foot visibility, very bad, folks, says Wayne the cabbie. Thank you, Wayne. I knew it would be out of town. It's bad. It's low-lying, High Wickham, isn't it? 
We had it bad out our way this morning, but yesterday was terrible. I really wasn't prepared to go driving out to go and buy more boxes of chocolates. But today I've got to do it. Today I've got to stock up because I went through the, uh, the car and I've only got eight boxes of chocolates in there at the moment. But they're all different. And I've, next week is the time when I have to go around giving away more boxes of chocolates. I've been quite generous so far. I've got to, we sorted out the budget, but then he's away today. He's away on his holidays today until January, is it? January the 6th or something. Everybody's coming back January the 6th. That's quite a long time, isn't it? How long are you away for then? Is it three weeks? Three and a half weeks. God. Blimey. Three and a half weeks. Have you taken spending money? How, how much spending money? Because I never know. Whenever you go on holiday, I used to think to myself, how much spending money do you take for a week? And then I thought... In this day, at one time, you would take traveller's checks. If I'm going to America, I make sure that I've got my card, but I also take a pile of dollars because there's lots of tipping in America, and so it's useful to have. So I've normally got a couple of hundred dollars, which I save from each trip. Some people cash it all up, but I don't bother. I hang on to it. And so when I went to Gran Canaria last time, I just took my card because you can use it in the machine over there. You just tell your bank you're going, and, and I could just take euros out, which was easy. So I didn't actually take any money when I went on holiday last time, apart from just the usual little bits and pieces. So how much are you taking for three and a half weeks, or are you doing the same as me? You've got a mixture of English and Malaysian money. What is the Malaysia? Is it a ringgit, is it? A ringgit, eh? Whose is the Bart? Is that Thailand? Thailand, the Thai Bart. I just like the sound of that. That sounds quite fun, actually. Well, I used to, when I was at school years ago, we used a, a Belgian... A teacher, Mr. Capernes, used to teach us French. And he used to produce Belgian money out of his wallet and show us. I don't know why. Perhaps he was showing. He was re- and it was really pretty. It was highly coloured and nice pictures. And the Thai Bart, I think, looked all right. Is that Thai Bart all right? Is that a bit, a bit, so-so? a bit so-so? The other one's called the Ringgit, is it? The Malaysian Ringgit. Singapore dollars. Right, how many Ringgits do you get to the pound? Five. Right, and it's coming in denominations of one, two, three, four, five, ten, twenty, fifty... 10, 15, 100. How, how many of those have you got? You got a lot? 2,500 ringgits. About 500. You are so rich, honestly. They must, they must be paying you serious money for being here at this time of the morning. <laughs> yeah, out of my wallet, he says. Because now he knows where my wallet is. He just, he could, he, listen, he could take 50 quid a day and I wouldn't miss it. I'm that kind of person. Except it all has been fingerprint marked. <laughs> 84850, steve at It's not normal to be this happy at this time of the morning. When I don't feel 100%, my cough's still with me. But at least I've got my nails. And we've got the news, because it's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 29 minutes to five. Oh, I've got a great, a great gadget competition for you for today. I'll tell you who the winner was yesterday in a moment. But uh, I'm just checking out, actually. We have, there's, a, there's a, a party, an LBC party next week. Last time I just I got a little bit tiddly. That helped me down the stairs, which was quite nice. So uh, we shall, actually, can you send that on? Can you forward that on to James just to make sure? Oh, you've already done it already. Oh, right. Oh, well done, you. Very quick, quick off the mark today. Anyway, in less than two weeks, it will be Christmas. And to celebrate the festive season, ladies and gentlemen, I'm giving away thousands of pounds worth of the hottest techie gifts in the LBC Gadget giveaway. And what's more, I shall guarantee... I think this, I'm, I'm just going to come a cropper on this one. I'm guaranteeing delivery by December the 25th, so you could have the latest gadget in your hand on Christmas morning. Yesterday, 
The winner was Anne Mulroy from Shepparton. Morning, Anne. She won herself a brand new laptop by correctly identifying that the Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square is given to us by Norway. And uh, the reason she should know that is she's a regular and uh, Amanda and I went out there and cut down the Christmas tree and it was all very, very wonderful and blooming freezing, but it was fantastic. So Anne Mulroy, well done from Shepparton. Today, today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm giving away one of the new iPad minis with retina display. This is the the eye thing, okay? Also known as the iPad Mini 2. This is second generation Apple. Faster, more powerful, super resolution, great for watching films, playing games or browsing the web. One of you will win it. One of you will win it today. The new iPad Mini with retina display. You want it. So, here is the question. Listen carefully. How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. So how many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? Just need to put the number down. To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Nice one to play for this morning. It's the iPad Mini with Retina Display. Lovely. Mm-mm. I must remember to take the spoon out of the cup, actually. Not the best thing to leave it there. Try to drink the spoon at the moment. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We shall weave everything in between now and a little bit later on. Uh, <coughs> Alison says, apparently, yes, Barocco can turn your wee various shades of yellow, even mustard-type colours. Oh, lovely. A full spectrum of the rainbow. And says, it works a bit like beetroot or asparagus. Oh, I love beetroot. And asparagus I love as well, but I don't have it too often. I wanted yesterday and I didn't have it. I, was, I thought I'd go on a diet yesterday. Well, a brief diet. And so I, I just ended up having chicken Kiev, which was quite nice. But I, I bought some little button mushrooms the other day. Really, really sweet button mushrooms. And we're going to have those with, with, uh, with little sprouts, which would be nice, won't it? Absolutely wonderful. Uh, Val says, I received a Christmas card yesterday from my sister. Posted second class from Hatfield, Hertfordshire. At 5.30 on Tuesday afternoon, all the way to Baldock on my doormat at 10.30. Wonderful service from the Royal Mail. I have to admit I'm one of their biggest fans. Last week, two cards sent from Belfast, one first and one second, arrived at the same time the next day. Yes, I mean, sometimes they absolutely amaze me at the Royal Mail. (coughs) I mean, they're absolutely phenomenal. I I told you one time, I posted something at 5 o'clock in Twickenham. My brother got it the next morning in Southampton. Because he phoned me, said, I've just got it. I said, you can't have done it, and just put it in the post box. I mean, literally, they must have been waiting there, strapped it to the back of a pigeon, sent it down there, and, and the blooming thing arrives. I was absolutely amazed. I was also fairly amazed when I turned on the, uh, the television this morning to read that Australia's High Court has overturned the gay marriage law. Uh, the uh, Australian Capital Territory Parliament passed a bill in October making the Territory the first part of Australia to legalise same-sex weddings. But the national government has challenged the decision, saying it was inconsistent with federal laws. Earth is the matter with them over in Australia. It's a veritable fairyland in Sydney. You can't move for it. There's more gays over there. We sent them over. 
Years and years ago, we sent them. Gay, you're gay. Go to Australia. Go to it. You'll love it over there. Oh, dear, it's it's so gay, it's untrue. You go in the outback, they're grateful for anybody. You know, you send them out there, the sheep farms, they don't see women for years on end. Years on end. Some man, you've seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, you know what goes on out there. It's all like that. And yet here they are, overturning the gay marriage law. So all the people who got married, and there was a fair number, now don't know if they can get married. I mean, how backward are they in Australia? We always used to think they were a bit thick and simple. I didn't realise they were that thick. Just when we're legalising same-sex marriages, you know, so you better do it in a church. So, you know, somebody will be fighting over the veil and uh, throwing of the, uh, of the stuff. Although you can't do that very often in churches now, can you? They, they don't allow you to throw confetti anymore. They used to, but the vicar will say, no, can you not throw confetti? We've got a funeral coming up. As if anybody, you know, following a coffin into a church is going to be remotely bothered by a bit of confetti on the ground. But anyway, so uh, Australia have now, you know, challenged this. And a lot of people are saying, this is absolutely ridiculous. So gay couples could marry inside the ACT, the Australian Capital Territory. And uh, now, 27 couples will have their unions declared invalid. Bit old-fashioned, isn't it? Bit old-fashioned. Terrible, really. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I can't believe that they're that old-fashioned. The court said the Marriage Act does not now provide for the formation or recognition of marriage between same-sex couples. Under the Constitution and federal law as it now stands, where the same-sex marriage should be provided for by law as a matter of for the federal parliament. I mean, personally devastating for lots of people over there, as you can well imagine. Must be loads of politicians who are gay. Certainly look very gay over there. Ridiculous, honestly. I couldn't believe that when I heard that came from Australia. I always thought they were, they were way ahead of the game. Apparently not, I'm afraid. Apparently not. 84850, steve at Apparently you can, you can superglue in there. Do you know I thought about that? I did, but I'm, I'm so pleased with the way they've turned out. I mean, I really am very pleased with the way it's turned out. Somebody says, Gemma's doing Splash, watch out. I, I'm not sure if she is. I know that they've taken some uh, himbo from the Anyways Essex, some bloke called Dan somebody, who's a bit dreary and a bit boring. And uh, who else have they taken? Come on, actually. I don't know, it'll all be people that I should imagine Tom Daly fancies the pants off. And so they'll, they'll put lots of pretty boys on there. Gemma Collins, I mean, you don't want to see her in a bikini, do you? Anytime soon. In fact, actually, I'd rather not see her in anything at all. Well, it's what I say, rather not see her in anything at all. I'd rather not see her on the television. I think that would be an awful lot better. Uh, also, the papers for today. The, uh, the story of the fake interpreter on stage with Obama. How he ever got that far, I don't know. And Terry Wogan has waded into the, uh, the row over comic relief. He said their controversial investments are foolish. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He warned that the backlash over the row could harm other TV appeals. Well, it certainly could. And I'm glad that he's pointed it out. I mean, although I think the more they keep talking about it, the worse it gets for them. And what they should do is, uh, is not mention it again. Because if you knew all of the companies that these big charities invested in, you wouldn't want to give your money. You really wouldn't. So, uh, oh, Billy Connolly's going on tour with his uh, with his Parkinson's. So that's good. And I'm a celeb winner. Kean Egan uh, is uh, snogging his uh, wife Jodie Albert. I think she was in Brookside, wasn't she, or something like that? Oh, Holly, another one from Hollyoaks. God, so you won't know who she is. And uh, he's 32, and he arrived back in the went, Can you give her a kiss? And so he gives her a kiss uh, without any tongues, uh, which is very exciting. And so that's it. Back to. Back to obscurity, I'm afraid. Here's the picture of John Terry shopping at Poundland. Comes as no big surprise to me. Safest place for him and his mum and his family and his doormat of a wife. And a girl of 14 
I'm afraid, who was uh, discovered hanged at a house party, was targeted by bullies because of her good looks. Sarah Clarkson was found dying after being put to bed early because she said she felt sick. Uh, she just had a new foster family and online tributes. A friend tweeted she'd not deserve to be made to feel not beautiful. Another said her bullies should be brought to justice. Absolutely. Do you remember the woman who, whose daughter died and the bullies went to the funeral? The bullies, actually, she said, they came up to me, the bullies. And these people should be taken out and thrown in prison, as far as I'm concerned. There's no room for people like that, especially at uh, school times. Bad enough going to school anyway. You've got a foster uh, family and uh, you don't know who who to talk to, who to who to talk to and who to go and confide in. It's awful, I'm afraid. Awful. Uh, 84850. Sharon says, Hotel Chocolat at Bromley's wonderful. They're all over the place, aren't they, these? uh, We've gone chocolate mad in this country. I don't know why I'm not a huge chocolate fan. I'm a light chocolate, but I'm not not big deal about it. Not big deal. Uh, Don offers the advice on uh, saving your nails if they split. Luckily, I managed to save it, so I was okay. I think they look okay this morning. Mind you, it might just be the light in the studio. But I've noticed that recently, they've not been getting as dirty under the... It drives me mad with the dirt under the nail. I mean, that is my big bugbear, I'm afraid. And having inadvertently the other week... Um, broken two of the thumbnails. I'm waiting for them to grow back again. Terrible, isn't it? Absolutely terrible. Uh, why do we save this one here? It's a picture of Union J, the one-hit wonders Union J, wearing some Christmas knitwear, which makes them look even camper than they did do first time around. They look a bit sad, really. I don't quite get Union J at all. They jump around like ninnies. Uh, one of them is gay, one of them's just had a baby, and the other two just look slightly peculiar. I think it's easier to leave it that way. And so they're wearing jumpers, but they've only ever had one hit single. And that's it. I don't know why we're still talking about them, really. I mean, it's, it's a bit sad. And uh, shopping centre bosses apologised to a mum after its Santa told her daughter he would report mummy for not, for not feeding her enough. <laughs> Teresa Stewart says, on a visit to the grotto, Lily, who's four... Uh, Teresa, her mum is 20, work it out for yourself, she had her at 16, okay, Uh, was quizzed by Santa about her diet and said, you're small for four. Lily is just five pounds underweight and Teresa, who comes from Gloucestershire, said she has trouble eating, that's all. The health visitor has seen her and she's fine. A spokesman for Gloucestershire's Eastgate shopping centre said it was a poorly judged jest. Santa was not fired. (laughs) I wish Santa had said to the mother, don't think your mother was a little bit young, to have had you? 16? Do you not think so? <laughs> I love the idea that Santa can say that. That was in the film. What was the film? What was the film? Um, Miracle on 42nd Street, or 34th Street, whichever one it was, uh, where, where Santa was advising people. He said, listen, uh, you need to go to this shop down here because they, they have special offers on Polly Wally Doodle dog, Dolls. And uh, they would say, this is absolutely atrocious. This is atrocious. Santa. And then one one wrote in and said, I'm going to do all my shopping at Coles because your Santa recommended another place to go to. And uh, it was so much nicer. So in, in future, you get all my business. I don't mind paying a little bit extra. It's cute, isn't it? I haven't seen Santa Claus for ages. Not since we saw him at the North Pole. Or somebody. And, uh, and that was nice. That was, he looked frozen. But it was, it was very good. Very, very good indeed. They had a system out there whereby you went out. Uh, so parents with little children, put your fingers in their ears. And so when you went out there... No, not you. Producers put his fingers in his ears. I mean, I ask you. It's parents with little children. We haven't got any little children, well, as far as we know. And, and you take the present out there with you. And then on the morning that you're scheduled to go see Father Christmas, it, you, you give it to the hotel... 
or in our case, it wasn't a hotel, it was a log cabin, huge, the world's biggest log cabin hotel, which I stayed in. It only had four rooms in it, the rest of it were big dining rooms. And, um, and you give it to the hotel and they take it out to Father Christmas. So that when you go in there for your thing, Father Christmas can reach under his tree, and a rather large bush in our case, and he, uh, and he produces the present. Which thought was which was, was really fantastic actually because it makes it look so much better. It was, it was beautifully done, beautifully done. We did it. It's not if ever you're going to think about taking the kids out to the Arctic Circle to see Father Christmas, they do a half day one, a full day. We did four days. We did over the Christmas period, and it wasn't cheap. But you only do it the once because the kids are grown up by the time you get around to the next year. But it was fantastic. We did it with Canterbury Travel, and at the end they they give you a video with pictures of you you know, doing various activities inserted into the documentary about it. It's beautiful. It really is. It's beautifully done. But not cheap. Not cheap. Ross says, Morning, Steve. Cheering me up after my beloved Arsenal's result last night. Love the show. Did they do well? They lost 2-0. Napoli. Oh, that, oh that's why. Oh, because you're feeling depressed. Oh, right. So, yeah. I know. It wasn't, wasn't much cop, was it, really? 2-0. Doesn't get much worse than that, does it, really? Anyway, at least we could cheer you up this morning, Ross. Either that or start drinking early. Drinking early's good, I think. Somebody said to me the other morning, what's the earliest you can drink? I said, what, during my current situation? I think probably about lunchtime, I would think. I'm going out this week. Three three things I've got to do. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, I've got lunch with a, a friend of mine. But actually, he doesn't drink, so that's going to be great. And he's a fellow broadcaster. Uncle Rob contacted me, so I'll have to have breakfast with him next week at some point. But he doesn't... We won't be drinking for that one. And then Saturday, I've got Sadler's Wells. We've got Matthew Bourne's Ballet. And then we've got dinner afterwards. And then Sunday, a crowd of us are going around Winter Wonderland. Woo! So if you hear screaming, like, ah! That'll be us on the rides. The relatives of a British trawler crew in the paper today. I'll tell you why. Because this, this ship went down, uh, I think, in 1974. But they think... They think they found the bodies of the sailors. They think. I'll tell you the details in a moment. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. (laughs) Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, five. We were just running through for the competition this morning, trying to work out the answer to the question, and you should know the answer to the question, because today in the gadget giveaway, and I'm guaranteeing delivery for Christmas, none of this messing around stuff. I noticed on some of the television programmes, and did you see the other day, on Ideal World, they're selling a halogen oven, but they're calling it something different, because it's got a little rotisserie inside, and they've trebled the price. Trebled the price. Don't buy it. It's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Buy a halogen oven, that's good. Or that bullet thing that whisks up sort of drinks for you and makes you smoothies. Uh, so it was Anne Mulroy from Shepparton who got herself the brand new laptop yesterday. Today, it's the iPad mini with retina display. I can tell by your anticipation you're as excited as I am because I haven't got the iPad mini with retina display. This is second generation. Doesn't mean Listen, it doesn't mean anything to you. There's no point in me telling you. I'll, ju- I'll just tell you it's better than the first one was because this is faster, more powerful, super resolution, which means the picture is pin sharp. You can watch films, play games, browse the web. It's absolutely ideal. I don't care if you're 9 or 90. This is what you, you want to have, the iPad Mini 2. And one of you will have it this morning. I hope it's you. hope it's your name, as in Anne Mulroy's case. We read her name out this morning. could be your name we read out tomorrow morning. But you need to know the answer to this question and then follow my instructions to the letter. How many gold rings are there in the song 12 Days of Christmas? How many gold rings are there in the song 
the 12 days of Christmas. You're going through the song in your mind, and you will get to a number, and that's the answer you hang on to. You text the word gadget on your phone, G-A-D-G-E-T, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Okay, so how many gold rings are there in the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. The text will cost pound fifty, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. It's a nice, it's a nice present. That really is a nice present. The iPad 2 with Retina. Woo! Heard you talking about the Trafalgar tree lights, the Christmas tree lights, and I so agree with you. And uh, it's shame, really. All they've done is just drop the lights from the top, and they go down it, whereas Christmas tree lights are supposed to be... They go round. They go round the tree. You know, round the tree, not straight up and down. It just looks terrible, I'm afraid. Terrible. <laughs> One here. Chris Rea's just driven past me. I wonder where he's going. Driving home for Christmas, I think. <laughs> Poor old Arsenal fans. You wait. We'll get, get one from e, uh, from uh, from Neil a little bit later on. He'll be terribly depressed about the whole thing, as indeed everybody is, I'm afraid. Uh, one here. Um, your expert, does Jeremy Kyle wear a wig? Don't be so ridiculous, Judy. Of course he doesn't wear a wig. Full head of hair. Full head of hair. <coughs> My resolution is to stop thinking so much about the future, says Kelly. Achieved already. My uh, my Christmas resolution this year is to be nicer. Only joking. Only joking. There's no point in spoiling habit of a lifetime, is there? I've made a career out of being like this. There's no point in all of a sudden changing and people go, oh, do you think Steve Allen's going to be nice next year? No, you wouldn't want it. You really wouldn't want it. There's no point. You know, in a recent survey, people said, what would you rather have, Steve Allen the way he is or nice? And they've all said, keep him the way he is. There you go. Rita's just sent me the card, says, you're exceptional. Without you, life will be so dull. So true. So true, Rita. Pretty card. It's unusual. I haven't got a photo card. And it's snowdrifts. I love snowdrifts. I love snowdrifts. We went to buy the uh, buy the tree. We went to get the tree for Trafalgar Square years ago. The snow was so deep, we, we, we almost lost Amanda. Uh, Shirley and Brian from Bovingdon. Steve and the team. There you go. The team will be very happy. They don't, they don't get much recognition, the team. Yeah, big up the team. Woo, woo, woo. Sometimes, if, if I don't get enough cards at home, I take the ones that come into work and I, I put them up at home and pretend they're all mine. Uh, one here just says, um, I think it's Cathy, have a lovely Christmas. Thank you for a lovely programme. Thank you. Thank you for your cards. We shall, we shall put them up on the windowsill. I mean, there is only just my cards on the windowsill. I'm hoping by the time I come in uh, next week, some of Christo's cards will have gone up there. Oh, Anthony Davis has got a card up there. A card. <laughs> Sorry. No, he's just got the one. Well, he's not been here, has he, for an awful lot of the year. And so, uh, big up Anthony. I don't know, should I buy cards for people at work? No. You don't. I mean, I, I gave the producer one. But uh, he seemed quite grateful. So I bet that's gone up at home. That's my friend Steve Allen. You know, He tries to pretend to the neighbours that he knows famous people. I know Steve Allen. They go, you don't know Steve Allen. People always say that. People say, what's he really... Oh, you got the other card. you got Noreen's card as well. But she didn't know your name, so that doesn't help, does it? <laughs> and poor old James has got nothing at all. Poor old, oh, Poppet, do you get any cards at home? Oh, right. You get them from aunties and uncles and things like that. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? And would you, give, would you be giving people one this year? Would you be opening your little box and sort of handing out things on a regular basis? I sometimes buy the box. I like to buy individual cards. I've got to send so many cards this year, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it over this weekend. When? I've got no idea, but I'm going to try and do... I might do some today. If the fog has come down, I can't get to Costco. I just have to write more cards. Um. 
Noreen says, look after yourself, please, we want you well for Christmas. Oh, I got that from a friend of mine the other day. She said, you better be well for Saturday. And I phoned up, put the table in the restaurant, and they didn't recognise my voice. Uh, because I didn't sound particularly well yesterday. And so they said, uh, I booked a table on Friday, and they said, we need the table back about one thirty. And I said, OK, name, Steve Allen. He said, why didn't why did you tell us who you were to start with? Because I, I, I get to stay longer on my table, which is nice. Uh, there's something about Susan... ITV, 9pm, a programme. No, I don't... Do you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't... I can't get into Susan Boyle at all. I really can't. I'm, I'm just laughing, watching this sign language man. Doing, it's just utter drivel, isn't it? What an embarrassment for the South African government. They can't even sort out a sign... a signer. Uh, Brian tells me Susan and Elvis are at number 40 in the midweek chart. And uh, Brian also said if it wasn't for the X Factor single due out, Leona Lewis would be number one at Christmas. And send love to John and his mum and dad for their celebration tonight. John's dad is shortly to be 80. 80. Fantastic. That's uh, John Warrington, of course. So have a nice celebration tonight. And uh, Susan and Elvis at number 40. I don't think that's particularly good, is it? It's had loads of coverage everywhere. I haven't heard it. And all it is, it's an old Elvis Presley song, and she sings over the top of it. It must be very infuriating for the Elvis estate, I should imagine. But they can probably sell it in America, so that's why they've done it. Because Elvis, I'm assuming, still sells in America. And I don't think he's actually been at the top of the charts for some time. So here is a story about a trawler which sank off Norway in 1974. It was the uh, the Gaul. And 15 people were lost at sea. Uh, the ship is still under. They've been down to the ship. They've seen it there. This is 39 years ago, remember. And they've discovered a Russian cave. And inside are lots of bodies. And they're assuming it is the the crew of the Gaul. Uh, they were all ages. Uh, family members have provided DNA samples this week. So when they go out there, they can take DNA samples. A scientist pinpointed the spot where the men were likely to be. And tests are now being carried out on up to 10 bodies, which they found there. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite something, isn't it? If you were one of those people who, uh, who lost somebody in a trawler at sea, and 39 years later they say, we think we've found their body, then you would be very excited by this. It was a 36-man crew on this trawler that went down in particularly bad storms. Some relatives have insisted it was used to spy during the height of the Cold War and was sunk by the Soviet Union, but they've been down. I think the loved ones need answers here. They've said in the papers today that, uh, as John Prescott was Labour MP for Hull East for 40 years, he was the one who'd ordered the uh, reopening of the inquiry into the sinking. He said, I asked the Russians to intervene about 20 years ago because you need answers. You need answers. Uh, celebrity Bungles in the Jungle, Brian Reed. Oh, there's a lovely picture in one of the papers. I'm sorry, just, I'll, move, I'll come back to that a bit later. And it was a picture of um, one of the Geldof... Barking mad girls. Could be Peaches or Pixie or Fifi. I can't remember which one it is. But there's a picture of a hand uh, in a picture of her and her baby. And she said, here we go, a mysterious hand. It's next to Peaches, girl. You know how barking mad she is. Uh, they say it's a ghost. So claim she, the celebrity, the former model... Since when was Peaches Geldof a model? <laughs> give, give, me, give me hands down on that one, please. Uh, says it's the phantom of a woman who killed herself nearly 100 years ago. They get more stupid, don't they, the poor, uh, poor Geldof girls, as the years go by. Peaches was startled to see the weird apparition. Or apparition. And she snapped a picture of herself with her son, Atala, in the bathroom. 
Slightly peculiar, but there again, I think the peaches... Get... Oh, here's a picture of Amy Willerton. Your five seconds is up. Goodbye, goodbye. But, uh, they didn't invite the Fahirs girls. Instead, you've got a load of people turning up to the Sun Military Awards. Helen Flanagan, Little Miss Dipsy, was there. Plus, uh, the Prime Minister, Prince Charles, was there as well. Amanda Holden, uh, Carol Vorderman. But name me a ceremony that Carol Vorderman doesn't turn up to. She's there at every single one. Kimberly Walsh, Christina Rianoff. Your five seconds is up. And uh, Joey Essex again, looking like the grinning apeth that he really is. News is coming up very shortly. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen with you all the way through uh, until 6.30 this morning. And uh, another one. Who's this from Chris? Can you text me if you go to Costco today? Everybody's asking about, what is it, this Costco? It's like a shopping trip, isn't it? Ridiculous. Anyway, news at uh, five is coming up next on LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Thursday morning in London town. It's called Clegg Day. It's the day when you can call Clegg and you can say 11%. 11%. Ridiculous. That's what MPs have awarded themselves. So, uh, so anyway, so there we are. This morning, uh, one says here, marriage is a statement, a declaration of union between humans in love. It seems to be only the religious that have a problem with same-sex union. So, basically, anti-gay marriage attitudes are God's fault. And as God doesn't exist, there's no actual problem, only a manufactured one. But there again, you see, people say, you know, it's, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Well, quite clearly, if you're a Christian and you believe that God created everybody, presumably he created homosexuals. He must have created everybody, mustn't he? He created everybody equal. That's what I thought it was. So why on earth people get sort of all up at Especially, especially in Australia, a place which I thought was terribly liberal and they have no problem with same-sex marriages. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? Good God, you could run through the House of Commons. You can run through football and find all the gay footballers some of whom might or might not have manufactured girlfriends. Julian Battersea says, I grew up in Hull. And I can remember saying prayers in assembly at school when the gall went missing. It must be very distressing for the families after all this time. Well, actually, no, I think this is now good. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I think this is now good for them. They've got some sort of closure where they found ten bodies in a cave or ten sets of bones in a cave and... With the help of DNA, they might be able to identify them. And then they might be able to bring the bones home. I mean, that would be that would be the foreclosure, wouldn't it? I keep meaning to do... You know, you always think... As you get a bit older, you start thinking, I must do things like this. You know, you must go and visit graves that you haven't visited of family members. And uh, a lot of my family are buried over in the East End, out in Ilford and Gants Hill and places like that. And I keep meaning to do a trip over there. It's not like I haven't got any time to do it. I just, I just never seem to get round to it. I don't know why. Um, ever since, says Diana, my nails have improved no end. Since getting my new teeth, I don't buy them so much. Just trim up the snaggy bits every now and then. I can't get a purchase on them anymore. I use new nail cream, which strengthens them and stops the cuticles and nail tips from drying out. The trouble is, she's, she, she's quite right. The nicer they become, the more you want to protect them. And I'm absolutely, I'm at that stage now. 
the nicer they... And, of course, because I've never had nails, I'm quite excited by the fact that they look like nails. <sighs> oh, well, I live in hope. I live in hope, ladies and gentlemen. I, mean, I don't want long nails. You know, I'm not like one of these sort of people. I watch na- ladies sitting out there in all the nail bars, spending a small fortune getting their nails done. I think, I wouldn't want nails like that. I don't know how you do buttons up. You know, simple little things are, v- are very difficult to uh, to actually do. Metro this morning. Let's have a look through the Metro. Let's see what the Metro have got on offer. Um, they've got uh, um, Chelsea Davy drove Harry mad. This is Prince Harry nuts with uh, a blitz of calls and texts. This is hacking claims. There's all sorts of hacking claims, aren't there, at the moment, on who's been friendly with whom. And there's a, a poor girl um, sent home here. She's nine. She collapsed in her father's arms and died on Christmas Day after she was wrongly sent home from hospital. This is at Rihanna Rording, who died seven hours after she was discharged by a junior doctor who should have kept her in for observations. How awful for a family. That was uh, a year ago. He correctly surmised the youngster who had half her left kidney removed in a previous operation had a urinary tract infection. But a few hours later, after he sent her home, she woke up cold and shivering. Her father said, we wanted to run her a bath, but as I carried her upstairs, she changed colour and stopped breathing. Absolutely tragic at this time of year for, for, any, for any family. Um, an illusionist, this is Darren Brown, is forced to deny planning the heist of the Damien Hurst artwork after a tweet gaffe. Because uh, somebody uh, broke into this gallery and took two signed Damien Hurst pictures. Uh, more on the Mandela sign interpreter in all the papers today. A gibbering idiot, I'm afraid. Complete gibbering idiot. Nobody knows who he is or anything. Nobody has got the faintest idea. Um, somebody said it was horrible. An absolute circus. Really, really bad. Only he can understand the gestures. He's just standing there, but he's managed to get... He's standing next to the president. He could have pulled a gun or anything. Far too dangerous. Far too dangerous. It's ridiculous. Uh, Nigella to reveal all of her woes on Oprah, or is she? Neil says, re-our Arsenal, Steve. Even though we lost the match last night, it wasn't all bad news, as we still qualify for the last 16 teams in the knockout stages. Something that we've achieved for the last 14 successive seasons. The temperature must have really plummeted last night. It's the heaviest frost that we've had. So please tell people to leave extra time to clear their windows properly. As I see so many people driving through a little peephole. Well, that's just ridiculous. I've seen that as well. Absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Make sure your window is clean properly. You can do it with a credit card. I don't mean you insert it into a slot. So just scrape it over the windscreen to get the frost off. Just a little bit on there. Just start the car up. Warm it up. Warm the car up. Put it on, I can clean my windscreen in a matter of seconds. Matter of seconds. So you should do the same. Don't ever think you can drive out on the road. If the police see you, they'll have a field day with people like you. The people who just rub a little hole in the middle and then sort of set off dead. You can't see anything. You cannot see anything at all. Dreadful. Uh, a family. Oh, in Australia. Oh, here we go. It's an Australian story. Sorry about this. An incestuous family of 40 found sexually abusing each other. Um, and this is in Australia. Forty adults and children discovered in a convoy of two broken-down caravans, a pair of sheds, two tents, no running water, sewage or electricity. The Colt family's children were found to have severe physical and mental deficiencies and were regularly sexually abusing each other. Kimberly, 13, spoke of committing sex acts with her nine-year-old uncle, Dwayne, while her aunt, Carmen, eight, looked on. She also told a clinician she'd had sex with Dwayne, had swept with her cousin, Joe and regularly performed uh, acts on another of her 12-year-old uncles, Brian. Oh, Lord above. 
Doesn't get any worse than that, does it, really? It really doesn't. Let's uh, have a look and see. Cheryl Cole, desperate for an X-Factor return. It appears ITV doesn't have the kind of cash that Chesa thinks is relevant. Well, she's not relevant to the programme anymore. She's got no, no more talent than you and I have. She can sing, provided she goes in a studio and they tweak things around a little bit. But uh, no, no discernible talent. Nothing that I can see. She looks pretty, and she can advertise some L'Oreal stuff, and that's about it. But uh, her, her judging other people, I think not. Apparently, Jack Whitehall is hopeful his uh, chat show, Back Chat, will return for another series, despite less than glittering plaudits and ratings. I mean, it's an absolute dire programme. I thought about it last night, strangely enough. They were showing a little clip of it. He's just not funny. His father is just pathetically useless. It's just so badly scripted, so badly acted. It's just terrible from start to finish. Uh, Joey Essex. <coughs> there are reports he's to uh, land his own show. Um, I don't hear that at all. That's absolute rubbish. I hear that it's uh, uh, he'd be going out filming monkeys or something because he likes monkeys. And uh, Atomic Kittens, Liz McLarnon, is still hopeful the band can come back as a big force. We've got so many fans out there. Yeah, they just don't like Kerry Coctona. They don't like her at all. She was the one who couldn't sing in the group, never could sing, never should be allowed anywhere near it. Although, oh, I knew there was something. I was flipping through the channels yesterday. I was sitting there thinking, oh, the fog is awful. It's just dreadful. Um, and and I came across, baby, won't you love to do, to stay another day. Go now, go. That one. Do you remember that was done by E17? No. Tony Mortimer was singing badly with two other blokes who were doing it. It was so multi-tracked. It was, a, it was the most appalling version. And at one point, he was so flat. I seriously thought, who on earth, in their right mind, ever allowed him to go on and sing? The rest of East 17, nowhere to be seen, unless they've changed one into a black guy and, uh, and one into somebody who was uh, just, I don't know what he was, sitting there strumming guitars. Stay now. But it was flat. Flat, flat, flat. And it was obviously at the end of this morning. Terrible version. So I'm assuming they're, they're trying to relaunch that for Christmas. Whether or not it makes it, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Sue says, uh, have a very happy Christmas. Good show, as always. Thank you very much indeed. That's what we like to hear this time of the morning. I hope you've all managed to start doing the Christmas presents and started getting all your bits and pieces right. Did anybody ever go to the Playboy Bunny Club? Somebody was saying in the paper the other day, you know, are the Playboy Bunnies exploited? Well, not really. They, they, they choose to do it. There's a lot of bad bleached hair. And, uh, and it looks a lot different to uh, to how it used to be when the Playboy Bunny Club was on Park Lane. Now I think it's it's sort of come back again, hasn't it, to a certain extent. Whether or not it just looks a bit dated, I don't know. There's a woman who wanted to marry in a Church of Scientology chapel, has won a legal battle. This is uh, Louisa Hodkin and her fiancé, Alexandro Kekole. Uh, Miss Hodkin wants to marry... Uh, fiancé Alexandra in a Church of Scientology chapel in central London. I didn't think they were religious, though. I know they call it the Church of Scientology, but it's not actually a church, is it? As such, not as, not as we know. It's, it's not based on a... It's based on a, on a religious cult, but that's L. Ron Hubbard, isn't it? It's all spacecraft and all, all crackpot stuff. But anyway, so now... Now the Supreme Court agreed that the Scientology church was a place of meeting for religious worship. Based, I suppose, on your idea of what you think the word religious means. The ruling means the group could claim tax breaks on business rates because of rules governing places of public worship. So there you go. Interestingly enough. Interestingly enough. After yesterday's ruling, local government minister Brandon Lewis said his department would be taking legal advice. He said, I'm very concerned about this ruling and its implication for business rates. Yes. They've always been a bit strange, the Scientologists, haven't they? I remember a friend of mine going 
uh, up um, Tottenham Court Road and they had a place there, get a free personality test. That was Scientology. And he went in there and came out with a pile of books. I said, what the dickens have you bought? He said, oh, they knew all about me. I said, you're gay. It's patently obvious. You're minced in there. You're minced out again. Of course they know you're gay. But he bought the pile of books anyway. Didn't really help matters, I suppose. Um, grimy. In Uruguay, if you, if you are a, a pot smoker, for that read uh, marijuana, you can go to your chemist and buy marijuana now. You can go and buy cannabis in the chem... God, you wouldn't be driving over there, would you? That'd be a nightmare. So you can sell it in pharmacies. Isn't that funny? You can go and buy cannabis, which can sort of put you off your trolley completely. You go to Australia, same-sex marriages annulled. You can't get married, same-sex marriages. And yet they've got a family abusing each other in an incestuous relationship, 40 of them. It's all gone horribly wrong, hasn't it, really? It's all gone horribly wrong. What is colour? I'll give you the answer to that in a, in a moment. What is colour? It's like trying to explain to a, a blind person, somebody who's been blind since birth, the sky is blue. They go, what's blue? They don't know what blue is. Everything's grey. Everything's grey. They don't know what the colour blue is. It's blue. It's like, it's like the colour of this... Oh, sorry, you can't see it. It's like uh, blue water. What? Blue what? what co- I don't know. Everything's grey. So what is colour? Come back to that in a moment. Oh, and if you've just woken up, our gadget competition for today. <laughs> Pretty good one. Pretty good one. Details in a moment. Quarter past five. Nick Ferrari and the team from seven this morning. The day that the pay rise for the MPs is announced. 11% the Deputy Prime Minister will be back in the hot seat for Cool Clegg. That'll be a time to tackle him. 11%? Are they really worth an extra 11%? The rest of the country is struggling by on on two. Plus, as Lloyds Bank gets a record fine for pressurising its staff to meet deadlines, Nick will be asking, how common is workplace bullying? And what happened when a blind pensioner tried to give money to a big-issue seller and had her money stolen? All of that and Vincent Moss, political editor of the Sunday Mirror, with Nick Ferrari live this morning on LBC from 7. I'm Steve Allen. This is Early Breakfast. Nice to be company. They were all out last night. It's, a, it's an opportunity to put on your glad rags. So Holly Willoughby turns up. They all turn up to it and uh, they go out on the town. They get their picture. Nobody, I mean, freezing cold last night. Freezing cold and yet nobody turns up with coats on. Everybody else turned up with a coat on. I wouldn't dream of going out uh, without a, a coat on. <coughs> Excuse me, in this weather. Nigella, in this deal, they say, to go on to the Oprah Winfrey show. I've got no idea why. I mean, would you be interested in hearing from her? Yep, I would too. I want to know exactly what happened. I don't really care about the drugs. I'm not remotely interested in the drug side of it. You know, if somebody wants to admit that they've taken drugs, that's their business. I couldn't care less. It's nothing to do with me. As long as it doesn't affect me or they don't go out selling drugs, that's, that's their problem. That's between them and their children. They think that's big and clever. That's fine by me. I don't, I don't worry about what other people do. As long as it doesn't affect me, I'm fine. Uh, I worry about, though, when things happen and they say, well, you know, you did this or you did that, and then they go, well, I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. I want to know. It's, the, the only thing I, I don't really care about... It's the one thing that I thought we were going to hear about when they were saying, Nancy Delusional, apparently she's a lawyer. <laughs> You're right. And, um, and she apparently was going to go on stage and she was going to do her life story. Well, that all appeared to be nothing. Bunch of old hot air. Um, and secondly, she was going to go in Celebrity Big Brother because apparently she thinks she's a celebrity. She's not at all. Just a very silly woman. And uh, goes out with old men. And then wants to sell the story. Sven couldn't wait to get rid of her, said she was very demanding. And she's just not very pleasant, just not very pleasant. But for some reason, the British media seem to like her, they put her in the papers. And of course, the more you do that, it makes these delusional people think that they really are of importance. It's like Carol Vorderman, every time, you know, stay in more. You're an old woman, stay in more, please. Holly Willoughby, stay in more. Joey Essex, don't ever go out ever again. 
Gemma Collins, just stay in, dear. There's not enough food at the banquet to feed you. Uh, Holly Willoughby uh, went out uh, yesterday because it was the uh, the Sun Military Awards. So she was there, Carol Vorderman again, uh, Roger Daltrey, Ronnie Wood, and Joey Essex and Amy Willerton. Your five seconds is up. Christmas customs that are extinct. They say things which are uh, things which are going out about Christmas. Before I tell you that, let me just tell you things which are very much in for Christmas this year is the LBC Gadget Giveaway. Yes, the LBC Gadget Giveaway, ladies and gentlemen, is the guaranteed delivery by Christmas Day. I must be a fool to myself. This one's going to backfire on me, something chronic. I've got a horrible feeling, unless I trudge round with it myself. So it's, we, we're guaranteeing delivery by December 25th. That's what we've said. We've got to stick by it. Yesterday, Anne Mulroy from Shepparton got herself a brand new laptop. She knew that the Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square came from Norway. So well done. Obviously a nice regular listener to LBC. Today, I'm giving away, ladies and gentlemen, the new iPad mini with retina display. The new iPad mini with retina display. You notice my voice dropped a little bit at the end with retina display. Because it's quite a special one. This is second generation Apple tablet. Faster, more powerful, super resolution. Great for watching films, playing games, browsing. the. You could do anything with it. It really is good. You can do FaceTime with this as well, can't you? You could do FaceTime too. So one of you, one lucky listener this morning, or friends... Uh, can have a brand new Apple iPad Mini sitting under your tree on Christmas morning just by answering this question correctly. Here we go. You'll have to sing through it. It's the only way you'll you'll get there. How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? I can see people in their cars go. Yeah. So you text the word gadget, G A D G E T, then your answer. And you send it to 84850. So it's Gadget. Then your answer, how many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? And send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. The text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck. Because that is a very, very nice prize. And I'm hoping it's your name I read out on the programme. So what are the Christmas customs that are, that, are, that are nearly extinct? That I remember from my childhood. One of them is the, the thruppany bit in the pudding. I don't think people put coins in a pudding anymore, do they? It used to be a thruppany bit, and then after that it became a sixpence. And it was always a bit exciting to, you know, watch your granny cracking a tooth. And, and somebody going, oh, I just followed it. I just followed the sixpence. And they thought, oh, we'll have to wait 24 hours before we see that one again. And, um, and so we didn't bother putting coinage in there because it became a bit too dangerous. Yule logs. On the table, my mother used to have... It was a piece of log, quite clearly, and it had some holes drilled in it. And my father put some, some putty, which hardened, to make a candle holder, and we'd have some holly, which would be draped around it, and it'd be sprayed white, and you'd have it in the middle of the table. That was your Yule log. I can't remember what it was, apart from having candles in it. And I remember they used to drip over the tablecloth, so we used to have to put a paper tablecloth down over the top of the posh tablecloth. So that, that one is sort of, sort of sort of disappeared now. You don't see people having that in the middle of a table, do they? A friend of mine used to do a really elaborate thing with fruit and vegetables and candelabras, and it was really quite, quite something else. Um, soap on a rope. How many times do you see soap on a rope now? As Dave Medney used to say, soap on a rope, it's the retrievable idea. Just in case you sat on it in the bath. Um, 
Festive paper chains. Nobody does paper chains now. Little kids at school do paper chains because they're easy to do. At the time he got halfway through it, it was horrible. You dribbled all over them and they were cheap. You used to buy a whole packet of them just for sort of, it was pennies, paper chains. And then you'd have them. In the early days, you'd have a light in the centre of the room. Who has a light in the centre of the room now? Okay, quite a number of you. And, and then you'd have it from the corner of the room, stuck up with a bit of sellotape, going to the middle light, and then going one to each corner. So you'd have four. And that would be it. And then you'd have, I mean, paper decorations you hardly see now. And yet I love paper decorations. You know, when you sort of get something, it's the shape of a bell, and then you open it up and you fold the little thing round at the back. And there's a, I mean, how clever was that? Paper bells, paper balls and things, and you'd have them hanging in the room, and paper candles, and you'd fold them out. They would fold around them, so beautifully made. I'd love to see how they made those. They must be made on a machine or something in China, but whatever it was, it was lovely. <coughs> Excuse me, you don't see those so often now. You, I mean, I think you see them in um, places like Poundland, but that's just, that's about it. So those are Christmas customs that uh, sort of, you know, gone out Actually, the good thing was, well, the other thing was, that Christmas Day was the day you could guarantee you wouldn't see anybody. You'd only ever see the family. That would be it. You'd never saw your na- nobody else. It was like the whole world ground to a halt Christmas Day. You'd be on, on Christmas Day, and you'd be sort of waiting, and then the relatives would turn up, and then we'd have, you know, the kitchen would be a buzz, all the windows had misted up, because we didn't have expel airs on and stuff like that. And so your mother would be sort of trying to coordinate everything, and then the turkey had come out, and then it would rest... And then your dad would get the electric carving knife. The electric carving knife. You don't see those anymore, do you? Electric carving knives. And he would uh, he'd start carving the turkey, a bit of white meat, a bit of dark meat. But there's so many more things you can have nowadays. So many more things you can have for Christmas. And it, it tends to become almost like a, a running buffet at Christmas in most people's houses. We shall sit down to the traditional Christmas lunch, same as everybody else will in the world. What if they do it? I suppose in Australia you go down to the beach, don't you? Have a barbie or something. It's not the same, though, is it? Not the same as having a traditional Christmas... I was talking to a friend of mine. He's he's trying to find a flat in London at the moment. And it's ridiculous. I mean, it is really ridiculous. He looked in Pimlico the other day, and he's found a little uh, one-bedroom apartment in a house. It's a conversion. With the kitchen in the sitting room, so it's like a kitchenette, and a bathroom with no bath but a shower room. And they're looking for £1,300 a month. £1,300. So on top of that, you've then got the council tax. You've got all your other bit, And before you know where you... And you, he said and that was the cheapest they had on their books. It's just absolutely ridiculous. People up north listening to this programme as we go, how much? £1,300. £1,300. The council tax worked out at... I can't remember what he said it worked out. Whatever it was, it adds quite a bit on each month. And then you've got to have your bills, and then you've got to put food on the table, and then you've got to go backwards and forwards to work. Small wonder people are complaining this year. Try not to take out the payday loans. Try and resist the temptation. It's LBC 97.3. Time now, 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. So funny, there was a story in yesterday's papers I was going to run, and I thought, oh, I just look a bit naff. It's a village in Romania. Totally empty. Where are they? They're here. They're here. They're begging here. Nobody can't believe their luck, actually. You can actually go to a country where nobody does anything about it. You're free to do anything you like on the streets. And it doesn't seem to matter at all. And so the village is empty, I'm afraid, barring just one or two people. Uh, what's this a nice picture of? Oh, it's Simon Callow and Alison Stedman. 
Actually, we were putting together the other day the In Conversations for Christmas. We're putting together a compilation of, of some of what we think have been our best guests. It's so difficult to choose because all the guests have been absolutely brilliant this year. Absolutely brilliant. And this weekend, Harry Hill, brilliant, new movie out. And Joe Brand, who's got her very first pantomime in Wimbledon. So I hope you've sent a card. It's a very, they're both very good interviews. It sounds dreadful to say that, but they are good interviews. But they're only as good as the guests that you have on. And they're very good. Actually, very quiet week this week. I haven't had very much to do. So I can finish off doing the Christmassy stuff. Go and get some more chocolates to stock up the boot of the car. And then, uh, then settle back and hope that the weather improves. What I don't want, and I had a dream la- I had two dreams last night. One involved Daniel Radcliffe. I don't know why. I think it's because I must have been thinking about him because a friend of mine texted uh, Jonathan and said he thought the, you know, the Daniel Radcliffe interview came over. He just comes over as a very, very nice person. And, and I dreamt that I was with Daniel at something. And for some reason, I can't remember what it is now, he spoke, he spoke German, I think. I can't, whatever it was, it was the most bizarre dream. I remember waking up thinking, was that real or was that a dream? Because I do have dreams about people that I bump into. Not very often. Not very often. And I was dreaming the other day as well about snow. I was dreaming about snow. And I was dreaming that come Christmas, I'm going to be driving down in snow for Christmas lunch. I don't know why. I just had this dream about it. So I'm hoping it's not going to come true. So I was going through some old photos on my phone. And I've got a photo of the car park where I parked the car. And the car was completely obliterated by the snow. It was just covered in snow. It was hilarious. Uh, John. The Titanic rivet counter says, I remember the news of the sinking of the Gaul well. This is the ship that went down in 70, what do we say, 74 in Norway. And they found bones in a Russian cave and they're doing DNA. They've found 10 sets of bones and they believe that it's the crew from the Gaul. That's what they believe it is. He says, uh, I'm amazed to learn the authorities may have found the remains of the crew in the underground cave. That certainly needs further investigation. I'll be scanning the news sites as soon as I can pluck up the courage to get out of my warm bed. Nothing nothing is going to get you out of the warm bed this morning, is it? Nothing is going to get you out there at all. Apparently, uh, the Gaul was named Ranger Caster previously. Eight years after the loss, two journos who reported on the riddle wrote a book, Spy Ship. And the BBC ran it as a six-part drama. Prescott's excellent survey in 2002 revealed the Gaul sank after being overwhelmed by heavy seas because her um, chutes were left open. No spying. Thank you, Paul, very much indeed. It's unusual, isn't it? Isn't it so strange that I'd never even heard of the Gaul? I didn't think I had. And now so many of you have said they remember talking about it when it went down. Crew of 36. They thought it was a spy ship. Apparently wasn't. And it went under in heavy seas. And I've seen some of these heavy seas. Some of these boats, how they survive out there, I'll never know. But if they have found ten members of the crew, this is, uh, this is, this is quite something. Quite something. Karen says, funnily enough, a friend and I were chatting about Christmas decorations our parents had in the 70s. He said his auntie worked in the Christmas decoration-making factory back then. So even to this day, he has hundreds of them and still uses them. Even though health and safety would have a field day. Well, they weren't fireproof, were they? And we used to have them. We'd put them away in our boxes. And we'd put our bells and balls in the corner of the room. So you would have a bell, paper bell, in two colours. And it... They were sort of, it was half of it, and then you folded it round and had a little metal clip which kept it together. Do you remember these? No. And, or feeling that the little things, you'd pull it out, it would be a paper decoration, and it would be flat, and you'd pull it out, and it was all sort of concertinaed. Remember those? No, remember those ones? You don't remember the, the bells or the balls that you opened up, or the big candles that opened up? No? 
That's me again. And so we'd put them in the corner of the room, and, and then we'd take them down at the end of Christmas, and you'd fold a little bit of metal back, and then eventually when the metal broke, you'd put a bit of sellotape round it, and that would hold it together. I remember those distinctly quite right. Health and safety would have a field day nowadays, mainly because it wasn't fireproof. So whether or not you can still buy them, and they are fireproofed, I'm not too sure. Probably are, actually, I should imagine. 84850... Steve at lbc.co.uk, which will weave everything in. Don't forget to go for the competition. It'll run till 7 o'clock this morning to get your hands on that lovely iPad mini with retina display. Sounds very exciting, a retina display. Makes us sound as though we know we understand what we're talking about. Which, of course, we do most of the time. Um, somebody says, uh, Chris says, I'll send Joe Brand uh, a card today. Nice to you. He says, how's your cold, by the way? I'm feeling so much better, actually. It's just the, I forgot to take any cough mixture this morning. I drove in, well, I came in, and and unfortunately, I was sat there thinking, oh, I forgot to bring my cough mixture. So I had a, <coughs> a cough, and I sounded a little bit throaty. Jim says, thank you for bringing back memories of paper decorations. I think, so, well, yes, well, I'm there. Uh, some months ago, Joey Essex and Sam Fahirs appeared on Mr and Mrs as a couple. Well, fraudulent, fraudulent. I mean, he's a, he's a simpleton, and she's just desperate to cling on to any sort of... Well, anything. Absolutely anything at all. Hence her ridiculous feature in the paper today on how she still fancies him. It's finished, Poppet. It's finished. You know, give up now, please. Give up. Go back. Disappear under your little shell. Stay there. June says, up in the loft, I've got a box that holds all my grandparents' old Christmas decorations. Nan died 32 years ago when she was 84 and I was 22. We don't use them, but looking at them stirs as many memories as any photos. Well, we used to keep Christmas lights. Until eventually, you couldn't get the spares for them, so they had to go. And he would untangle them every... They're a blooming nightmare. Nowadays, as I've pointed out on numerous occasions, it's all LED bulbs. You don't need to worry. They're not replaceable. Once they start going out, you throw the thing away and you buy them again. I buy sets of lights every year. I see them and I think, I'm definitely, definitely going to be going to buy... Buying some more lights. But the best ones we ever had... And I really need to go back to Hong Kong... To see if I can find, they must do them. Because the Chinese had, we had a set of lights on our Christmas tree. And each light had a little covering around it. It was a little Chinese lantern made out of metal with little, little coloured paper inserts in it. So the light shone through with little tiny gold tassels. It was quite beautiful, quite beautiful. We had, we had a couple of sets of those on the tree. So they hung down, they were like Chinese Christmas lights. I don't, I mean, I don't know why I should be surprised, but I'd love to go back there to see if you can still buy the things. It's Hong Kong on the same voltage system as us. Because it was little white lights inside, but shining through the little lanterns. So pretty. So pretty. Mind you, they do the best fireworks. We had fireworks in Hong Kong. I've never seen, never seen. Oh, this looks lovely. Christmas tree smoked gammon on sale in Morrison's. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, more as well on uh, Jimmy Savile, which has resurfaced in one of the papers today. And this is... Um, The former BBC director of news, Helen Bowden, her evidence will not be made public because uh, an MP last night called for the former BBC chief, Mark Thompson, and Helen Bowden to be hauled before Parliament to fully account for who knew what over the Jimmy Savile sex scandal. They claim that people working within the BBC knew exactly what was going on. And all I can say is that people joked about it years and years ago, but nobody ever... Knew we didn't know. People just, you know, say Jimmy Savile was into little girls. Nobody ever, nobody ever knew anything more about it. That was it. We didn't say anything uh, because you didn't know. It was as simple as that. How much people seem to turn to bl- uh, turn a blind eye to is just amazing. Ever since he's died, of course, it's all it's all come out of the out of the woodwork. 
including some boys as well. But I wasn't aware that Jimmy Savile was ever interested in, in boys. Of course, I mean, how are you ever going to prove anything like this? I've got no idea. Uh, so what they're saying now, they, they would like people to come forward and say what they, what they knew at the time. I never met him. He phoned me once and he sounded drunk. And that was all it was. That was unless it was a sound-alike. We used to get a lot of that in the early days. A lot of people who, who, you know, people who sounded like somebody else phoning up pretending, then they play it back on their own programmes. It's all a bit odd. Very strange, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Tomorrow we will have clips of Joe Brown and of Harry Hill for the programme, so that's going to be going out on Sunday. Sunday for In Conversation. Uh, on the subject of paper chains, because my dad was also in the print, says Neil, he used to bring home armfuls of different coloured off-cut strips that my brother, Nan and I, would sit for hours gluing together, making paper chains. My Nan had some lovely fold-out paper decorations, bells, stars, balls, they were great. And not forgetting their Blue Peter Advent crown. If only we'd actually... I, we never made one. I remember when I watched them doing it first time round. I remember saying to my mum, we've got any metal coat hangers? And, of course, we didn't have any metal coat hangers or tinsel or candles. Or anything like that at all. We didn't even make Tracy Islands. But, uh, but the Advent crown, I thought, looked terribly dangerous. But it was, it was pretty. And it was of the period, wasn't it? It was great. And I, I remember so well those fold-out decorations. I always think it's a shame that people don't, don't remember them nowadays. I bet you can go around some shops and they'll still have boxes of them. Boxes and boxes. And you'd go into some people's houses and the whole of the ceiling was covered with paper decorations. Absolutely all of it. They'd be stuck up with blue tack. It's like what to do with the Christmas cards every year, isn't it? I never know. Do you, I mean, I bought various things. I bought little strings with little pegs to peg them up. And then I bought another thing, which was a strip that you stuck on the wall and you glued the cards to it. Not glued. It was like they, it was sticky. And you put the cards on it. I've tried bits of string with the cards folded down. Uh, I've tried everything. And there's no simple answer. I've got a thing now which you hang on the back of a door and you insert the cards into it. But then you only got to walk past it when you've had a couple of drinks one night and you knock the whole thing off and you spend, I have picked the cards up. I have picked the cards up. And you can't pick the cards up. And it's, uh, it's an absolute disaster. 600,000 people pretending to be unfit for work when, in fact, they, uh, they are totally fit for work. Totally fit for work. Um, there's a woman here. She's the nightmare neighbour. Her name is Pew Jones. She's evicted from her house. She's the, the neighbour from hell. She's had so many uh, complaints. She looks horrible. She's got badly dyed hair. She's got a fag sticking out of her mouth. Or as I say, could be a fag, could be something else. Um, and she destroyed this house so much it needed £10,000 spending on These people don't deserve anything. Stench of stale tobacco. Months to sort this house out near Aberystwyth. The cost will be met by the Housing Association, which provided her with it. Why do they bother? These people don't appreciate it. Kick them out on the streets. Let them suffer. Let them freeze to death. I couldn't care less. These people just don't deserve anything at all. They really don't. Uh, Naomi Campbell, still milking the publicity of being at Man Mandela's funeral. She saw the coffin yesterday. It is an open casket, isn't it? I'm pretty certain. Uh, Jamie says, yes, same voltage. Three pin plugs here in Hong Kong. So you're, you're exactly the same. Two, 220. Thank you very much indeed. That's what I need to know. Um... Another one here, this is Ed, who says, completely uh, agree with you regarding the ultra-ZZZ-less celebrities mentioned, who are poor role models to the youth of today. 
Orpington, though, is cheering on local 17-year-old World Championship relay bronze medalist Dina Asher-Smith, who's been nominated for BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year, voluntarily attended regional primary cross-country events at Crystal Palace for 1,600 school kids and gave a wonderfully articulate, humble, motivational speech in addition. You're not married, are you, or something, do you? Sounds a little bit pushy, Ed. Thank you very much indeed. Actually, I got one earlier on. I've now lost it. I shall find it. I shall find it. Oh, here it is. I knew it was. It's from Ed. Ed is a construction manager. We get lots of people who do different businesses. And he's a long-time listener, first time to email. He said, we've started building a Costco in Hounslow. Yeah, you're next to Western International. I thought it was fairly advanced by now. Fairly advanced. Somebody told me they were putting the flooring in. It's got a special reinforced flooring, so a Costco even nearer to me. I use Farnborough at the moment. I used to use Reading. I've used... um, Oh, out of town, uh, out of town, um, Radlett, Hertfordshire. It's out that way anyway. Uh, big one there, but it gets so packed, whereas Farnborough's actually quite nice and quiet. So I shall, I shall go there at some point and then we'll have the one in Hounslow. So I know all about it, Ed. Don't worry, because I know people who work at Western International Market and they keep me informed. It's nice. It's like having a network of spies, isn't it, really? Quarter to six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 11 minutes to uh, 6, so tricky morning on the trains. Love a good car trick. Um, what was I going to tell you? Oh, yes, yesterday on the programme, we were telling you uh, who'd made the most money this year through writing a Christmas song. And it turned out that Noddy Holder from Slade, so here it is, Merry Christmas, half a million pounds so far, he's coined in in 2013, the chance of another... £300,000. So this morning, the songs which, uh, which pay the pension. For example, uh, example, sorry, for example, example, <laughs> the Hill Sisters. What did the Hill Sisters write? Come on, you might, have, you might have heard of them, but you sing their song all the time. Come on, the Hill Sisters. Happy birthday, exactly. They wrote it in 1893. The rights were acquired by, I think, uh, Warner Chapel for £9 million. So far, this song has generated £30.5 million. And if you want to use it in a film or a show, fifteen grand they will let you, because everything is, is copyrighted nowadays. So if you want to use Happy Birthday... I remember years ago, there was they, they tried for ages to find... I have told you this story before. Who, who wrote the song Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star? And they couldn't find. And, um, and this, this woman goes to the cinema, and she's sitting there, and up comes Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and she thought... My husband wrote that age. He wrote it donkeys years ago. Anyway, she writes to the film company and they said, we've been trying to find you for ages. We couldn't find out who actually wrote it. She said, my husband wrote it. And they gave her a cheque, I think, for £280,000 for use of the figure. Hello? Have I ever written anything? Irving Berlin. What did he write? Come on, the most famous Christmas song ever. He wrote White Christmas. Absolutely. Um... Here's another one that's generated quite well. Generated 20 million. Barry Mann, Cynthia Wheel and Phil Spector. What did they write? Barry Mann, Cynthia Wheel and Phil Spector. It's written in 1964. It's generated 19.5 million pounds. I'll give you a clue. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. Bring back that loving feeling. They wrote that. Bring back that loving feeling. OK, how about this one? Oh, this, you'll know this one straight away. John Lennon and Paul McCartney. £18 million for the song. 
No, not Hey Jude. Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, Benny King. Jerry Lieber. Mike Stoller. Stand by me. Well done. Well done. You got the, the producer's playing along. All by himself. He's only his own little world here. Uh, you, you won't get this one. Although you know the song very well. Haven Gillespie and Fred J. Coots. This was written in 1934. Generated about £15 million. Pounds. No? You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. And the title? Santa Claus is coming to town. OK. Uh, here's one. Not really a Christmas song, but it's been a good generator. Been a good generator. Written in 1983. Generated £12.5 million. Sting. Sting. No. Every breath you take. Every breath you take. And finally, Bill Deeds and Roy Orbison. Pfft, can only be one, can't it, really? What is it? I don't know. Don't know. Generated 12 million. Pretty woman walking down the street. But isn't it amazing, the happy birthday, 13.5 million. The good news for British birthday boys and girls is that the copyright expires in the EU in 2016. A friend of mine, Paul Savory, as you know, we used to use Paul on the programme, he has a company who own song songs. And he's got 60,000 songs in his catalogue. And so he's, he's got different versions of songs. And he owns them. So when they, when they would go to him from the, from the newspapers, they'd say, want to put, put together a free CD. And he would put together a free CD for them. And he owns the right... He would just buy up things. Some things cost a little amount of money. Some things cost a lot of money. But it's, it's quite a good generator for him. I mean, it's, it's, it's very good. But what you need to do is you need to get yourself, if you want to start writing songs to generate some sort of income, you need to get yourself a songwriting credit. Get yourself, you know, onto a, onto a company. I'm sure there must be the British Guild of Songwriters or something like that. Uh, John in Horsham says, uh, Have you noticed, re-nails, how bad they are on close-ups on the antique shows? I've never even looked. Never look. The more I watch this television clip of Obama standing there with this fraud next to him, pretending to do sign language, the more you think to yourself, this man should be locked up. He's a complete idiot. A complete and utter buffoon. And he's there, standing next to the president and everybody else, doing sign language. He doesn't know what he's doing. He has no idea. Just made it all up. Chris says, not a bad voice, to be honest. Thank you. Barbara Indulge says, you can buy fold-out paper decorations in Liberties at very reasonable prices. I've now got a very large collection of amazingly complex balls and stars. Tracy hangs cards with a drawing pin in the top left-hand corner, then sellotape in the bottom right. They hang really good. I do it every year, which is good. And Diana says, I cannot believe that when I was a kid, we used to put candles on the tree in little holders. Yes, I've got the little holders. I've got a big bag of them. I bought them in Austria. And you put little candles in there. Dad would light them. They'd burn down. Dad would stuff them out. No electric tree lights. We had the folded paper balls, the bells and the candles. I loved opening them out and holding them open with the clip at the back. And yards and yards of paper chains. Oh, we'd have paper chains coming out of our ears. We used to love paper chains. Kids still do it now. You go to little schools and you'll find the kids are still doing them. And it's, it's just, it's a nice thing. And it's, it's quite creative for them at Christmas and cutting shapes out. You know, when you fold coloured paper and then you cut something out and then you open it out and it's corn dollies or it spelled Merry Christmas or something like that. That's a nice thing, nice thing to have. But isn't it funny that if you go to different countries, you go to Austria, they don't have all the decorations on the trees that we have. My friend's got two... My friend Lynn's got 250 decorations on her tree. It's going to take her forever to put them all on. It takes even longer to take them off. You go to Austria, they just hang 
ribbons, ribbons with biscuits, which have got holes in, and you hang those on the tree, then you eat the tree, I suppose, afterwards, which is nice. On an old uh, step and son says, Glenn, uh, Albert was sitting at the table <laughs> sticking paper chains together. Brought back great memories. I know. I know. I mean, I, th- I think that's a nice thing to do. We used to do it when the snow, when we lived in, in Yorkshire, and the snow would be outside. It was sometimes too cold. So you'd sit inside with a fire. You'd have a roaring log fire going. It was always a roaring log fire. I'm sure it wasn't. And you'd sit there making, making paper chains, looking out of the window, thinking it's blooming cold out there. Blooming cold. Mum used to say, if you're cold, put a jumper on. Polly says, I used to love the spirals of crimped c- coloured foil. We'd hang them in a warm spot and they'd twist backwards and forwards. I love it when I see people's uh, houses decorated. You know, I, I love it. I absolutely love, you know, the decorations. I like that people decorate the outside of their house as well. Not too mad. Not too mad. I've threatened to do it to a friend of mine. She hates Christmas. She absolutely hates it. And I've said I'm going to come around one year and put, put a Father Christmas on the roof and have fake snow and people outside singing and reindeer and everything else. She said, if you do, I'm closing your bank account down. Uh, I got £100 on White Christmas at six to one. That's not the song White Christmas. That's it being a White Christmas. I don't think... Well, my dream might come true. I'm hoping, seriously, it doesn't. I don't want anybody to have to drive. I'm, I'm quite sure that up in Scotland and certain parts of, uh, of Wales... There will be, I'm afraid, snow at Christmas and there will be accidents because people just drive, just drive badly, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm coming to the UK for Christmas, says Jamie. Would you like some Hong Kong mooncake? Oh, I love mooncake. I love mooncake. Just the smell of it drives me mad. Just the smell of it. We used to have it years ago. I did get sent some from Hong Kong a while ago. So, yes, if you want to bring some back, please. Um, when you go to Costco, says Mark, can you see if they have any of these microwavable pizzas? <laughs> Microwavable pizza? Do they do such a thing? A micro... Oh, right. Producer says yes. He says, I could collect them. I'm not doing a bring and buy service. <laughs> can, you go, can you go and get some things there? Uh, Steve, tonight on that bastion of entertainment, ITV2, we have to suffer the big Christmas reunion, a follow-up to the hit, and I use the term tongue-in-cheek show, which started off with the idea of reuniting bands of yesteryear together for a one-off performance, which then, as if by magic, turned into a large-scale tour, in which the five became four, and the lad tied to the tree in the Bewitched video was nowhere to be seen. They've all reunited again, not for the season of goodwill, but for the, uh, the reason to promote a charity single. Followed straight after by Keith's celebrity Juice Christmas special, two of our favourites... <coughs> excuse me, Kelly Brook. And you guessed it, Peter loves his kids, blooming Andrex. Is there any escape from him, mate? And how long before Toss Toss is so shy and retiring, joins him as a presenter full-time? Awesome, mate. Oh, I've predicted it'll last about six months. I don't think uh, you really want to watch Christmas Night with the Stars. My long-departed nan, when watching it, could never get over the fact these big names had given up their own Christmas night to entertain us. Nobody had the heart to tell her that it was probably recorded in a hangar at Elstree in the middle of June. He says, by the way, no truth in the rumour, I'm moving to Richmond. It's way too expensive down there. It is funny, all these Christmas shows, it's like we've got that dreadful Peter Andre celebrates Christmas. You can only hope he falls in the turkey and stays there. Um, and so you've got to suffer with him and the, and the kids and his ghastly girlfriend and the rest of the family uh, while Peter Andre celebrates Christmas. I'm assuming it's been filmed. Because they're showing you clips of it, and it looked pretty boring to me. It looks like anybody else's Christmas. It's just with dreary old Pete. And somebody else will be wrapping all the presents for him. Uh, Martin says, to answer your query, everything in Hong Kong is the same as the UK's. So your Christmas lights would work here. 
Uh, I remember you saying you spent your childhood in Hong Kong. No, just a couple of years. Just a couple of years. Number eight, Tunshan Terrace. It's still there. The flats are still there. We've seen it. Oh, we've Google mapped it. That was even more exciting. Listen, if you have just joined us, you join us uh, on a good time, actually. A good time. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We've got our competition. More of your texts and emails. The other side of the news at six. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Five past six. It's cold. I don't know. I can't remember, actually, whether or not out of town we've still got that mist and fog which plagued us all yesterday. And, of course, the knock-on effect is all the flights. They're going to try and get them out again. Some people have been uh, completely disrupted, but can't do anything about it, can you? You just have to grin and bear it and stay tuned to LBC so that we can get you there in one piece. So we'll have more from the travel department in around ten minutes' time this morning. Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Everything we weave in on the programme this morning. Neil says, uh, I don't know if it works, but it sounds feasible. Rub some Vic on the soles of your feet with a pair of loose socks on. I don't really think so. I think Vic, what, Vic Vapor Rub? Never heard of that on. Easy breathing and no coughing through the night. I don't know, yes, I mean, I thought about Vic Vapor Rub the other day. I know a funny story about Vic Vapor Rub, but I don't think we'll go into it this morning. <laughs> My brother has still got and uses... A set of 1950s tree lights with glass lanterns. Even though there's only around eight lights left, they work. They're great. Yes, I mean, I'm always envious of people who manage to to keep their Christmas lights year in, year out. We used to spread them out on the sitting room floor. So we'd go, right, I've got a set here. And you'd end up over the years with so many sets of bulbs and so many and loose bulbs and bulbs which didn't work. And what do these bulbs fit? They don't fit any of these sets. And so you never never quite get round to doing it, do you? So every year I always, always go and buy new lights. I see new lights, I think. I've definitely got to have them. Uh, the first uh, Christmas card, John Colcott Horsley designed the first one in 1843. Did he send it, though? Was it sent? Or did he just design it, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year? That was the, that was the first one that ever came out. And then some people used to send the same card backwards and forwards, didn't they? Year in, year out. How it works with the envelope, I've got no idea. Uh, use florist ribbon pin with drawing pin on the top of the door so you can't see it and you don't damage the door. Yes, you put it on the top of the door, yes. Two or three lengths across the door, cut the ribbons as long as you want, staple the cards to the ribbon, top left-hand corner of the card, next one down, staple slightly underneath. You can theme the ribbon with your colour scheme. Works every time, says Sheila. And she sounds like she knows about these kind of things, so well done you. Looking for, for different ideas as to what to do with the cards this year. And to be honest with you, we've got loads of cards here at LBC and we're very, very grateful. Also, we've got loads of gadgets. We've got uh, so many gadgets that we've decided to offer them to you on a daily basis with guaranteed Christmas delivery. Guaranteed. I'm, I'm, the more I say this, the more I have this horrible feeling of foreboding deep inside my body, which is a little bit... <laughs> as you can imagine. Sound a bit like Muttley, I'm afraid. Um, I keep thinking to... <laughs> I don't know why I thought of Muttley. I never even liked that programme. I never liked any of that sort of things. I didn't even like Roadrunner. So, anyway, so we've got the, the, these gadgets, and we're giving them away, and we're guaranteeing Christmas delivery, and after yesterday, Anne Mulroy of Shepparton, deeply embarrassed now, will you stop it with the name checks? Please, got herself a brand new laptop. And today, it's your chance to get one of the new iPad minis... With retina display. It sounds very exotic. It is very exotic. Have you seen one? It's fantastic. Do you like it? Yes. Fantastic. 
It can be yours. It's the iPad Mini 2. It's faster, more powerful, better resolution, better quality picture. It's beautiful. It's just so clever. And it can be yours, provided you know the answer to this question. And you can have it under your Christmas tree for this, this Christmas. How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? You text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. So it's gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. I've often wondered, says Will, how they monitor songs that are played so the songwriters get the royalties. Surely it's impossible. Um, it's, um, it's, it's the performing rights. It's PPS. PRS, sorry. And they go round, and I don't know how it works either, so I'm as much in the dark as you are. I know that as a station, yes, I mean, stations log them, but if, but they sometimes go round local uh, town centres, and they go into places like barbers or kebab shops where somebody's playing the radio, and they charge you for the licence. You are not allowed to play the radio so that other people can hear it. You can have it for yourself, but if you're having it and it can be heard in your place of work... You've got to pay for a licence. They give you a sticker. Now, how they split that money, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. When we play songs, it's logged. Everything is logged. And so it goes down, and we used to have a form that you'd fill in with the name of the song, the catalogue number, the duration that you played, and be something else you'd fill in. And then that would be sent off, and they would calculate what your bill would be at the end of the year. Now, how it works for PRS doing... I think it's a blanket one. Jukeboxes in pubs have a blanket PRS. And the money then goes into a central pot. So I've got no idea how they how they divide that money. I really don't know. So that's it. But but then so if if you're a registered songwriter, we had a guy here once. It was very interesting. I'll tell you this now because I thought it was actually quite clever. And he was head of uh, promotions. And what he did, he got himself to be a member of the Performing Rights Society. He joined the Performing Rights Society. So he was registered. And he was in charge of making travel trails on trails for the station. And what he did, he had a little Bon Tempe keyboard. And he composed a piece of music. And it went... And he played it underneath all the travel beds. And because he was registered for performing... I mean, I thought it was the cleverest thing going. But because he was registered for performing rights, he got paid every time. And this travel bed went out like ten times a day. In fact, no, more than ten times a day. And the longer it went on, the more he got. So at the end of each day, he would check back on how long it had been played. And he would submit to PRS how much he thought he should be in for. He was making a fortune. All through going... And that was it. And it went on for minutes. Minutes and minutes and minutes. Malcolm says, didn't Happy Birthday start out being called Good Morning to You? I don't know. I don't know the, the meaning of the word, it's your birthday, and I suppose, I mean, it could have been called good birthday, couldn't it? Happy birthday means that uh, it's, a, it's a state of state of animation, I suppose. I don't know. I just know it generates a lot of money. And Kevin the Milkman says, with all my children and stepchildren, I've sung happy birthday hundreds of times. Does that mean I'm in serious debt to the Hill Sisters? I know, now they're famous on this programme. Now you know who wrote happy birthday, the Hill Sisters, back in the 1800s. He said, oh, and happy Christmas to the producer. He said, can I email my list for Costco as you're going? One less job for me. I can't believe it. Chris has emailed me and said, you know, 
texted me, are you going to Costco today? So I've, I've written back, yes, I'm going to Costco. That was the last I've heard. People don't bother with me any more than that, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, the last school I worked in, says Sophie, was in Chigwell. Walking up to the station was as lovely as the houses were decked out beautifully. Uh, my dad worked at the United Dairies and used to bring home the leftover from the foil lids. So we must have had the first foil decorations. Uh, one here that says, uh, do you remember window snow spray? Oh, God, I used to hate that. Hate it. I'll tell you what was even worse. The worst thing for Christmas, people who put black sticky tape pretending they had lead windows. Remember, and they divide it into panels and then spray little bits in the cup. Co- oh, oh, that was the ultimate in dreadfulness, I'm afraid. Uh, I mostly listen to you on podcasts, Steve, says uh, this one from Joe. But uh, I've been woken up this morning by my husband's foot massager. Is it a person or an instrument? I don't know. You haven't said. But I put you on at 5am. My daughter's already feels like you're living with us. Because you're on loud in the evening, and I quote you all the time. My husband is Welsh. Fancy that, eh? Look, see you, Barky. Beautiful that is. She says, please, no more singing. I've been t- Listen, we should make up your mind. Some people say I'm brilliant at singing. Other people say not so brilliant. I think I'm average. Very average. In every department. 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, every 21 minutes past six. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning. Very smart team this morning, I have to, uh, to say. It always worries me because it either looks like they're all going to be featured on the top of a wedding cake or they're due back in Burton's window. It's, it's difficult to tell, really. We have, we have, they all come in their grey suits, their white shirts. And I'd, I don't have a grey suit. I used to have loads of suits. I can't, I can't be bothered. I try not to wear a suit. If somebody said to me, where is it? I'd have to go out and buy a suit because my weight fluctuates. So, Nick Ferrari, the day that the pay rise for the MPs is announced, the Deputy Prime Minister will be taking your calls. He's back for call, Clegg. He gets a very good breakfast, I've noticed. They do a special catered breakfast for him here. But uh, he's in taking it. You, you better ask him, won't you? 11% for doing what? Plus, as Lloyds Bank gets a record fine for pressurising its staff to meet deadlines, Nick will be asking how common is workplace bullying. And what happened when a blind pensioner tried to give money to a big issue seller and had her money stolen? Vincent Moss, the political editor of the Sunday Mirror, will be looking through the papers today for Nick Ferrari. I'll, I'll run through them in a, in a second, just so you know what's on the front page. I'm sure at some point uh, Nick will be looking at uh, the Australian High Court overturning the legislation allowing gay marriage in Australian capital territory. It does seem rather strange. One minute, 27 couples get married. The, the next minute... They've said, uh, no, it's not legal. So it looks likely that their marriages will be annulled. It's really bizarre. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard of. And, uh, and especially in Australia, where you would imagine they would be very tolerant of just about everybody, having suffered uh, racism and having had uh, claims of racism excuse me, thrown at them, including the guy the other day who disrupted the Oxford-Cambridge boat race. He said he doesn't want to go there. His wife's uh, Indian. And he said they're very, very racist. And I was thinking, well, homophobia, you can add to that list as well, can't you? There is another Australian story in the paper today, which is of the uh, the incestuous family, 40 members. And apparently all sorts of shenanigans has been going on. The papers are full today of the sign language interpreter, who quite clearly was off with the pixies, and uh, signing, goodness only knows what, didn't have any, any meaning to anybody who was deaf, I'm afraid. <coughs> they said he was schizophrenic, and he had a... 
Uh, the funeral, incidentally, for Nelson Mandela is on Sunday. We will cover it on LBC. The funeral will be on Sunday. The lying in state is at the moment. Thousands and thousands of people have have turned up, including Naomi Campbell. It becomes a photo opportunity, doesn't it, for, for some sort of... Ce- I think, really, celebrities should stay away from that kind of thing because it's not for celebrities, it's for the people. And uh, I, don't, I don't get annoyed about it. I just sort of think, no, it's, it's not really them at all. Front of the Express today, Chelsea Davy drove Harry nuts with calls and texts. I thought he liked her, but I, I thought Harry just played the fields, so they, they were sort of good friends. Holly Willoughby was out on the town. It was another reward ceremony, so they all go out. Carol Vorderman was out. Surprise, surprise. Tell me a night she stays in. And a fast-acting jab could end the agony of back pain for thousands of Britons. Well, that will be relief, because if there's one thing that people do suffer with in this country, it's bad back. I spoke to uh, one of our uh, overnight assistant producers, and he's been having uh, treatment for a, a very, very bad back. It's the worst pain you can ever get. That toothache, can't think what else is, is bad for you, but uh, really, really horrible. And they say the treatment is available now. Do you know 700,000 Brits suffer from back pain? I've had it only a few times. Don't like it at all, thank you very much indeed. Uh, some people live with it for most of their life. So that could be good news for people. Front of the sun this morning. Three limbs blown off by an IED. Three years fighting back to health. Rode a bike from Paris to London. Now training for the Paralympics. And Josh says life goes on. Some people live with things. I've told you before, I've met some of these soldiers who've had limbs blown off. No matter how bad your life gets, it's never going to be as bad as, uh, as what they've experienced. It's as simple as that. And this is triple amputee. Corporal Josh... Uh, I think it's called Bogle, Bogey, B-O-G-G-I, triple amputee, unbelievable. Uh, in front of the mirror today, the sign language faker who fooled the world. I don't know what he thought he was doing there. He might have been sort of doing, you know, Romeo girls go around the outside or whatever it was. Uh, the woman killed by two pit bulls at home was expecting her fifth child. Her distraught family said this is Emma Bennett, was mauled as she had a fit. Her boyfriend, who owned the dogs, uh, has been held. Emma's family by her Leeds hospital bed when she died. Her brother said, I got to say goodbye. They turned off the life... I mean, these dogs are just ridiculous. I don't know anybody who's, who should be allowed to keep them. They really shouldn't. These things can turn at a moment's notice, and did on her. Terry Wogan slamming Comic Relief's controversial investments as foolish. He says it could harm the amount of money that we give to charity in this country, and we do give charity in this country. We do do good charity. We, we are very generous when it comes to appeals. Very, very generous. Uh, we have our gadget competition. I'll just remind you, because I'll finish in a couple of minutes' time, and you might forget to have a go if you're a new listener, if you've just joined us this morning. Uh, Anne Mulroy, sorry, Anne, to mention you again this morning. <laughs> Must be your day, mustn't it, really? It's me sounding like I smoke about 500 cigarettes a day. She got a brand new laptop yesterday because she knew the answer to the question of where does the tree come from in Trafalgar Square? Which country gives it to us? That was Norway. Today, I'm giving away an iPad mini. I'm guaranteeing Christmas delivery. I'm guaranteeing. So if you're looking for one for a present for somebody, I'm guaranteeing the delivery. You can get the paper out on the sellotape and it'll be practically on your doorstep if you're the lucky winner. This is the iPad mini 2 with retina display, more powerful, super resolution. I mean, it's just a lovely piece of equipment. It really is. If you've seen them, you know what it looks like. You can get this for the price of a phone call. You could have it sitting under your tree come Christmas morning. You need to know the answer to this song, though. How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? How many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? You'll have to whiz through, and then when you get to it, you then get your phone, you type gadget to send, and then your answer, just a number... 
And then you send that to 84850. So it's how many gold rings are there in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas? Gadget is the word, then your answer, and send it to 84850 to be here before 7 o'clock this morning. So I forewarn you, as they say. The text will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. And hopefully it'll be your name that we read out tomorrow morning on the programme. Our living room, hall, porch and dining room covered, covered, says Sue, with crepe paper streamers, some homemade, several sets of lights on the picture rail. Our house looks like Santa's Grotto. Beautiful. I can't wait for the sun to set to switch the lights on. If you go to Radlitz Costco, pop in for a cuppa. Friday night, relatively quiet there, as it would be. Nothing on the roof as my husband won't put anything up there and the highest I can manage is to stand on a chair. He pretends to be grumpy about all of it, but I think he loves it. We have some glass baubles on our over-decorated tree. At Beaver Scouts, they're the little ones, six to eight-year-olds, we made paper chains from magazines. The boys loved it, so did I. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Gee, that sounds like a song title. That sounds like a song title. That, 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 that could actually catch on. That could catch on. I, I like the idea of that. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, she says... Uh, oh, and we made Christmas table decorations with the boys a few weeks ago. Nothing like getting the beaver, the beaver scouts to make everything for you. And she says, we're making Rudolph spinners. It's our Christmas party. The first Radlet beavers are getting all christmas out. How lovely. I can just imagine. Listen, thank you so much. I've, I've run out of time. I have to leave you, I'm afraid. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Free podcast for you up today in about uh, half an hour's time. Okay, have a lovely, lovely day. Wrap up warm. Don't forget, get all the shopping done. Thank you for the cards, incidentally. Nick and the team with you at seven. They're coming up next on LBC 97.3. The morning news with Lisa Aziz.